Hello, and welcome to another episode of the William Branham Historical Research Podcast. I'm your host, John Collins, the author and founder of William Branham Historical Research at william-branham.org. And with me, I have my co-host, researcher, and friend, James Goad. And together, we're examining the very weird things that preachers say, the history behind what they say, and how it traces back through time through the latter rain healing revivals. James, today we have one of those episodes that, in the world of weird, I'm going to say ranks up there with (laughs) some of the most weird. We're entering into the world of ancient aliens and ancient mythologies and Masonic orders and just weird, weird things that ministers, for some reason, have chosen to take the weird purposefully, to take the weird and try to mix it with Christianity and create this new thing, (laughs) which is enticing the itching ears. Right. And a lot of this in in the message context stems back to Branham and the things he sort of uh, incorporated into the message canon. Um, And a lot of this, there's a lot of things that revolve around pyramids and Egypt and how these things type into uh, the the new message canon that he was bringing and forming. Um, And today, uh, I wanted to start out with this clip here where a minister is repeating some of the things that Branham said and bringing it to his church and, and, and bringing it in sort of the importance of where it takes them to go into the rapture. Uh, I thought this would be an interesting one. So let's, let's take a look at this and then see what we think. In 1963, finally the cloud was formed as those seven angels formed the cloud, the pyramid, to bring Jesus Christ down here on the earth. This is to uh, cap off the pyramid. This is the capstone. To cap off the pyramid, because Barabanam says in the east, in Egypt, Enoch's pyramid was not capped off. He said the reason why they didn't cap off the, uh, the pyramid, because the, the capstone was rejected. Right. Jesus was rejected in the east. Right. So, as you see, Barabanam kind of explained it when he took a, a, a U.S. dollar bill. When he flipped over the U.S. dollar bill, he showed there was a pyramid there with the capstone on the top. He said these things have uh, spiritual application to it. (laughs) One of my favorite new movies of all time is Stargate. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but there's (laughs) there's this point in time in which this big alien spaceship comes down and it's, you know, joining with the pyramids and... I'm trying to picture (laughs) the average listener who's never heard the message, never heard any of this weirdness that came out of Latter Rain, and they're new to town, they're trying out new churches, and, you know, they try the Baptist church, the Methodist, the Christian church, and let's try this little church on the corner, and they're talking (laughs) about the capstone of the pyramid, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, Egypt is one of those fascinating things because there's so much stuff out there, so much misinformation and uh, various interpretations of how things go. And I, I, I could guess I, you know, I could understand if someone wasn't just readily just off put by it because you hear all these things from ancient aliens to everything in between. So, uh, but yeah, when you really start looking at some of the stuff that Branham's talking about here, especially uh, how Enoch built the pyramids, it it sort of really becomes a very big head-scratcher because we have nothing to support that. You know, 
I grew up in this world of weird myself, and <laughs> I remember <clears throat> we heard all of these weird sermons about how when you go to heaven, the heaven is going to be in a pyramid, and all of the room, <laughs> all of the mansions in heaven that's described in the Bible, well, those mansions are <laughs> in this pyramid structure. That's how weird this is, right? And, <laughs> you know, when you get out of that mindset, I, I had no... You know, chance. I, I was born and raised in this thing, so I, I grew up from birth hearing these weird, weird things. And we traveled from church to church, and you know, some churches were semi-normal. And then you had the world of weird, where these ministers, you could tell they were just trying to please the audience with, no matter what it was, they wanted to go to the weirdest, most unusual thing and see if they could excite the people with it. Sometimes that <laughs> that excitement came from the pyramids, right? And it's it's funny too because in the latter years of my being in the cult, I was fascinated by this. I mean, who would not be? <laughs> That's where heaven's going to be, right? In the pyramid. <laughs> and then I yeah. see Star <laughs> I see Stargate and wow, the pyramids joined by the ancient aliens and the, you know, <laughs> it, it's just so weird. Well, <clears throat> Since then, I've been studying pyramids still because <laughs> they're still fascinating, truly fascinating. And one thing that you don't hear in these weird pyramid slash pseudo-Christianity cults, they always go to the Great Pyramid, and it's the most fascinating thing to them. Like, like it's the wonder of the world that it's the largest pyramid, and they have no idea how it got there, and all, you know, they go to all of the... Like you would see on Ancient Aliens, right? Right. Well, I was completely shocked to learn that Great Pyramid of Giza is actually not the biggest pyramid, man. Tilatual <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tipitol, or the Great Pyramid of Cholula, is actually bigger than the Great Pyramid of Giza, which it's fascinating, man. Now, the Pyramid of Giza, I think, is taller, but if you look at the overall structure, it's it's not the biggest pyramid. And... You know, they're unearthing pyramids even still today. They're finding these things all over the world. These things exist everywhere. <laughs> like there, there are thousands of them around the world. And I grew up being raised thinking this was this unusual thing, right? I heard sermons where they would say that it's so perfectly in the geographical center of the earth that not even, you know, it's rotating and there's not even a shadow around it. It's pointing directly to the sun. The Pyramid of Enoch casts no shadow, no time of the day. I've been in Egypt at the Pyramid. It's so geographically fixed, and in the dimensions of this uh, uh, great geometrical uh, figure, that no matter where the sun is, there's never a shadow around the Pyramid. James, I'll never forget the first time you know my mind's waking up. I saw the I saw the theme song to the DuckTales cartoon, and they're running in the shadow of the pyramid. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so many, so many myths and so many things that revolve around the pyramids and the message because of all the weird things that Branham brought and tried to tried to shoehorn in all this pyramid sort of stuff into the uh, the myth and, and, and the, the stuff that he was creating that became the message. And everybody, when you're in the message, you're just taught that all this stuff is divine inspiration, divine revelation. So if he said it doesn't cast a shadow, then 
obviously, if even if science can prove it, there's got to be some reason that he's right. Even though you can clearly see, if you go to the if you go to the pyramid on a sunny day and you're sitting in the opposite direction that the sun is shining, you're gonna be in its shadow. That's just yeah. how that's just how it works. <laughs> you can't get around physics. Um, but yeah, no, that stuff just uh, it, it really, like you said, when you start seeing some of these things and and. I wasn't directly, um, uh, I didn't know in, in my group, I didn't know that the pyramid couldn't cast a shadow, but even as I was deprogramming, coming out and finding all these in- inconsistencies and things that didn't quite make sense, I encountered this and I was like, well, that, 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 just, that just doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, I went to school. I, I, I know how, how light works in a basic sense. And, it, and if you cast light against a, a solid object, if you're on the other side, you're going to be in its shadow. So, so yeah, the, 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 the shadow thing with the pyramids is definitely one of the most, one of up there with the most bizarre things that Brenham said as far as, you know, the pyramid stuff when it, in, in the message. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> we say that Branham said, but believe it or not, this is nothing that Branham brought new. <laughs> Charles and I have just been going through all the plagiarism episodes of, you know, the things that we found that Branham has stolen from other people. And pyramidology is just yet another thing that he stole from others. And it's nothing new, but it's, you know, there are a thousand different directions that we can go for this episode. When you and I were talking about doing it, my mind just went into a million different directions and I was thinking, well, how, how do you even tackle this? Because n- number one, it is the weirdest thing in the cult, the hands down oh, yeah. weirdest thing in the cult. Number two, the pyramid itself and America's fascination with pyramids is so closely tied to the Masonic order. And the, the moment that people see that we're going to be talking about the pyramid, we're going to get all of this onslaught of email from all of these people saying, was Branham a Freemason? And, you know, I get it all the time. And, you know, it's right. just so, so weird. But let's let's break it down in simple terms. We talked about in one of our previous episodes, the UFO rapture, right? And right. We thought that was weird, and I'm sure our listeners thought that's the weirdest thing that (laughs) (laughs) there are cults who believe this and they all committed suicide. It's just, it's really weird. Interestingly, that is very closely tied to this, which paints this picture of Stargate, right? You've got Branham saying that this UFO is going to sweep down and he's going to get us. And then you also have Branham saying that the capstone of the pyramid is Jesus, and when the capstone descends down, well, if you've seen Stargate, man, that's <laughs> that's the way that the god came down in the pyramid, and right. it wasn't a good god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's uh, there, there's so there's so many things that like, like you said, so many different directions that we could go with this, you know, and even even Egypt, as 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 it stands, is. A very interesting line of study to begin with because it has been um there has been s- the, the the egyptian culture itself it lasted for so so many years and there were so many different dynasties and things like that and and there's even uh monuments where you have one pharaoh has his name on it and then the next pharaoh comes like ramses the second it was very famous for this where he would come through and erase their name have them chisel out their name and put his name on it so he could take credit for for the monument itself you know and you have different occupations where things have been uh destroyed and burnt and you have all these monuments that have been um you know defaced because different cultures come through and they're like you know we got to tear down their gods and replace our gods and all these things so 
the, the study of Egypt itself is very fascinating. You can go into so many different rabbit holes to sort of see how the, how this thing uh, progressed throughout the years. Um, and then you see it coming into a religious context through, through someone like Branham trying to incorporate it back into Christianity. And, and if, if even when you look at Egypt in the Christian canon, Egypt aren't the good guys in, yeah. in Christian canon. They're, they're, they're the ones who enslaved the Hebrews and Hebrew and, and, and when the Israelites left Egypt, it was a great, uh, uh, great thing. And, and all these miraculous things happen where they in, end up getting to the promised land and things like that. And even for Branham comes back and you got all the capstone stuff, but then he goes and says that the, the, one of the Bibles, is written in the is is the pyramids themselves one of god's yeah. <laughs> bibles and so you're just like and, and it's like but i thought that you know getting out of egypt was the miraculous thing why didn't the why didn't the israelites take the bible with them <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this because <clears throat> i know we're going to get the emails so let's just go ahead and get get the masonic stuff out of the way <laughs> don't write us about the freemason stuff we're not going <laughs> we'll give you an answer that's generic and we'll say we don't know but <laughs> let's address it right here right now and get it out of the way in the Masonic order, everybody is aware that the, the pyramid is the structure that is in everything Masonic. If you are looking into the Masons, you're going to see the pyramid. You're going to see the square and the compasses, the triangles, the whole bit. You're going to see the obelisks. <laughs> it's, it's such an also weird and fascinating thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, People hold up the dollar bill and they see the capstone of the pyramid coming down onto the pyramid in the dollar bill. And they see the all-seeing eye, which in the Masonic order, it's called the eye of providence, right? Well, this is a Masonic symbol that's widely used. And to the Christians who are fascinated with the Masonic order, they say that this is the demon and anybody who's who has the symbology is worshiping Satan himself. That's that's the uh, <laughs> that's what they believe. So for those people, I will tell you this. There are message churches that I've been to. There are still exist today. Their pulpit in their church is a pyramid. <laughs> I kid you not. And they've got the capstone kind of folded over because the capstone is Jesus. And the theology in those churches, because I've been to them, is that within the capstone, the reason you see that all-seeing eye in the dollar bill is because that all-seeing eye is Jesus. They preach it, and they get quiet like that, like it's the secret, right? (laughs) In those churches, I grew up singing these songs that are still in my head today. One of them is watching you, watching you, watching you. There's an all-seeing eye watching you. This is a Masonic song. (laughs) This came from Freemasonry. There's no question about it, right? Now, are they Masonic? I'm not going to answer that question, but they're using the symbology, Take it back in time just a little bit further. William Branham's sister, Dolores, when she died, her obituary had two things on it. She was a lifelong member of the Branham Tabernacle, and she was also a lifelong member of the Order of the Eastern Star. To you who are fascinated with the (laughs) Masonic weirdness, You're familiar with the Eastern Star. It's the pentagram turned slightly to the right, which is, oh, by the way, (laughs) the satanic symbol. Well, 
This hung above the door of the Branham Tabernacle. When you walked through the door into the church, you walked under the pentagram, <laughs> tilted slightly to the right. <laughs> and uh, I have no doubt it was because there were probably meetings of the Masonic Order in the church. William Branham's early church was very closely affiliated with the Masons. I covered that in the docu-series, The Message, which you can watch on YouTube, and it's in my book, um, Preacher Behind the White Hoods. We go through the Masonic connections, because there are significant Masonic connections. But all of this symbology exists in the message, and William Branham did teach, like all of the Masons did, that the the pyramid, the Great Pyramid of Giza, is spiritually significant to the extent Branham called it the first Bible, and he called the Zodiac, which is also used in all kinds of pagan and satanic worship, he said that the Zodiac was the first Bible. So Branham, according to Branham, Zodiac's first Bible, Great Pyramid of Giza is the second Bible. Is this Masonic? Not going to answer that question, but <laughs> I've laid it out for you. <laughs> Right. And there's, there's so many things like that when, um, you know, like you said, it, it's, it, it would, it would be almost impossible to fully, fully get down to the bottom of every one of these rabbit holes. But the, the, the very fact that you've got all this pyramid, um, I guess theology, you could say, uh, surround the message. And then you have all these sort of, uh, loosely or strongly, however you want to look at it, Masonic ties with the message and things that even in Branham's own words, and even like you said, the, the star above the door of the, of the tabernacle, which is now, like you said, been replaced with a sword. Um, you know, so there's all these things where you, you really wonder how ministers who, who claim to be in and studying this stuff day in and day out to bring the revealed word of this hour, um, if they, if they even come across this stuff, how can they just, how can they just, you know, glaze over it and act like it's not there because obvi obviously th you see connections and you see things and, and it's like, one, you can't even find this based in the Bible to begin with. And, no. <laughs> um, and, and, and so it, it's like, you, you gotta, you gotta, just because a, a man said it and he says it's divine revelation, if, if, if it's not in the Bible, if, if there's nothing scripturally to back it up, then you've got a serious problem there. And to build off onto this and keep continuing on the myth to this day, it, it creates significant problems in, in, in their in their movement. Yeah. Well, historically, William Branham was not the only weirdo to bring <laughs> weird and unusual doctrines into the church. We've examined that pretty thoroughly in, in the uh, main historical podcast, but there were all of these men who had all of these weird, weird ideas, which... I don't know, maybe they were popular back in the day, but they weren't long-lasting. They were, you know, people kind of woke up and they said, okay, that's pretty stupid. And one of them is this notion of British Israelism. British Israelism is the idea that the people of the British Isles are the true 12 lost tribes of Israel, and the Jews that we have in Israel, the actual Jews, are not the Jews. Those are, if you go back and study the, the weirdness in the United States, those are the commies, those are the communists, and they're working with Russia, and there's this whole, you take conspiracy theory of the Masons today, well, that was a, <laughs> that was a much weirder conspiracy theory, because it actually developed into World War II, and... We, the other rabbit hole I was going to go down, James, is the, the Nazis, right? 
I'm a big, huge Indiana Jones fan. The movie's coming out. I will be one of the first ones in the theater to see it. Well, when we start talking about pyramids, my mind instantly went to Indiana Jones and the Nazis, mm. and the Nazis digging yeah. up the pyramids, right? Well, yeah. This is because of British Israelism. Hitler, like Branham, was of this mindset that there's, you know— <laughs> the Jews that we have today aren't the real ones. And so there were people in Germany who were working with Hitler who he commissioned to go dig these artifacts up and try to find the real history that exists here. And within British Israelism, there was an author, um, widely popular, he wrote a book called Israel in Britain, a brief statement of the evidences and proof of the Israelitish origin of the British race. Um, his name was Colonel Garnier, and one of his other books is called <laughs> The Great Pyramid. And, you know, if you go back and you study British Israelism in the United States, you're going to find all of these conferences. Gordon Lindsay was hosting some of these things. Gordon Lindsay, who was William Branham's campaign manager and largely responsible for what became the post-World War II healing revival, He's got books on UFOs. He's got speeches on the pyramids. I mean, this was widespread back in, you know, back in the late 40s and to some extent even before this because British Israelism had been developing for many, many years. So this is a widespread theology that was semi-popular. But like I said, after a period of time, people just woke up and said, this is kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's such a shame because the the history of Egypt itself is is very fascinating and it it really is a shame that so many different groups of people have tried to um attach their own ideologies onto it instead of just looking at the fascination of this achievement that these people this these people were able to do and and the and all the different the just the length of the of the time frame that they were in Egypt and they were doing all these cool making all these cool structures and these cool temples and and all that kind of stuff and it, it is such a shame that all this stuff gets bolted on top of it and then it makes it even harder sometimes depending on how you how you interact with this stuff to sort of decouple it to sort of get to the actual truth of what's really going on there um and then and then for it to just be bolted into christianity too or uh, other sort of movements it yeah it's it it gets further and further away from the whole point of of the gospel and and then you're just like you said like i said you're just bolting on these things on that have nothing to do with the actual gospel themselves i've been to chichen itza in mexico i've not been to the great pyramid i want to but i have been to chichen itza and we had this fascinating tour guide i we got actually extremely lucky because this guy knew not only his history, but his culture. And I got the opportunity to sit right up next to him. And he's describing not only the ancient religions, you know, surrounding why Chichen Itza was there, but what happened afterwards during the Spanish Inquisition and how, you know, there were hundreds of pyramids in that region in Mexico that when the Catholics came in, they started enslaving the people of that region, and they had them tear down the pyramids and start building Catholic churches. And he took us into a Catholic church, which was at one point in time, the, stones, uh, the stone building structure was at one point a pyramid. They just cut the stones up and made a Catholic church. But he was describing some of the ritual for the pyramids, which 
In Mexico, it's very similar. You had the Mexican snake god, Kukulkan, who the pyramid is sitting where at a certain time of day, a certain time of year, the light from the sun as it's going down will trickle down the steps of the pyramid, and they thought this was the snake god. Well, you go to the other side of the world, and you have the sun god Ra in Egypt, and you know these structures were to worship other deities, not the Christian God. <laughs> and if you were to go to Egypt and you were to talk to the the people who have studied this and know every single aspect of the history, and you say, well, my prophet told me that <laughs> this is there's not a single shadow that's cast from this thing. It's in the geographical center of the earth because it was a Bible by, <laughs> by the Christian God. They would just laugh at you because, you know, not only was this not a unique structure, this was built as a tomb, the tomb of Khufu, and it was by no means any way, shape, or form related to the good God. And the thing about it is, is, is the some people, and, and I don't know how widespread this 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 thought is, but the you got the ziggurat structures of the ancient Mesopotamian cultures that some people consider a precursor to these sorts of pyramided structures. So you know. And of course, they don't come up to a point at the top. They kind of have a, a, a flattened off surface at the top and may have a structure on top of that. But, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things, like you said, you find these sorts of structures all over the world. They're not as unique. And, and you can understand why somebody in the 40s or 50s that don't have access to Google, don't have access to, to the hyper way we can search things, could come away with these sorts of things and think that, oh, the pyramids are these very unique structures. But like you said, you start looking into South America and you see all these uh, pyramid structures down there and, and, they're, and they're everywhere. And, and the thing about the, the Amazon itself is that there's so much stuff they're finding even to this day where they just go and do these LIDAR scans over these dense canopies of, of jungle and they're finding all this stuff underneath it and it just needs to be excavated. But the jungle itself is 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 very dangerous in the Amazon to, to get to get in there and there's there's you know there's a lot of things there that can yeah. kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not always the first thing that some of these people are jumping to go find is some of these lost buried structures and and, and who knows how much more is left out there to be discovered. It's, it's actually very, very cool when you look at it, um, you know, from that point of view as well. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about the weird conflicts <laughs> with, with this weird theology. Because remember, there's different versions of stage personas that have different theologies that, <laughs> as we've explored in the podcast, came from different sources. And those sources were very much <laughs> in disagreement with each other. I grew up, you know, going from churches from coast to coast. You would see people who watch the Ten Commandments movie, and I, I heard this. This was a literal thing that I heard from behind a pulpit, that the Ten Commandments movie was one of the most accurate movies because it was inspired by God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and it shows the children of Israel. It depicts the children of Israel building the pyramids. And they're enslaved. And you know the story of the Ten Commandments movie, right? So right. in that, they it's the children of Israel that built the pyramids. But yet there's this contradicting theology that Enoch built the pyramids. Then take that a whole step further to a new level. 
the theology by the person who's reading from the Masonic books, <laughs> who's saying that you can't even slide a razor blade in between these stones, and they, it was built by Enoch, and it was, we don't even know how he did it, and it's in the geographical center of the earth, none of which is true. You know, <laughs> you, you can slide a screwdriver between some of these stones, right? Well, <clears throat> you take that weirdness, and you take how it was actually being built, right? The, that theology, the, per, the people who say this say that we don't even know how it was built. We don't know how Enoch did it. But yet we have excavation sites of where they are actually building the pyramid. They've, <laughs> they've, they've actually determined, number one, where they got the granite. Number two, how they were cutting the granite. They've got stones that were cast aside because they were chiseled and they cracked as they were chiseling them. They've got ancient drawings depicting how that the granite was transferred through the River Nile to the pyramid, and it was teams of people, uh, not just one person, teams of people, because some of these things weigh several tons. <laughs> like, there, there's no way that Enoch, one man, can even build this. So if you look in the in the weird contradictions of all of the theology that emerged in the latter reign, none of it is even coherent. For this to have happened, Enoch would have had to have a team of a thousand people building it. So you would never say Enoch built the pyramids. You'd say Enoch and his thousand people <laughs> built the pyramids, <laughs> right. right? I mean, there's, there's just no way, right? Well, it's fascinating to understand how they were actually built, but in doing so, whenever they uncover these locations where they're seeing the granite that was cut for the Great Pyramid of Giza, there's also a timeline associated with this. And within the greatest contradiction of all is just simply the timeline of whenever according to the biblical Enoch and the building of the pyramids, those two timelines cannot coexist. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time that a timeline that Branham brought what didn't match with <laughs> anything. And there's all these conflicts in these timelines. It's it's kind of becoming a common thing through all this stuff as you start to decode all this stuff. Yeah, yeah no, and and um, yeah, there, there's so many so many things in in like you said, just just there's so much known about how how they went about creating a lot of these things, and and the the tools have been found and unearthed and discovered, and 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 you've got the the whole time span of Egypt itself went over so many thousands of years that you know you've got bronze age then you've got the iron age so you, you've got all these various things of tools and they can actually see how when new types of tools were starting to be used and and stuff and see how the different stuff you can, you can see different different tools leave different marks in the stone there's yeah. different methods to achieve certain things so so yeah when when, when you strip away all of the nonsense of all, all of the, the people who create the, bring these revelations, um, you know, and inspired by God or an angel or something like that. And you get down to the, to what you can actually see with your eyes. It completely contradicts all this stuff. And, and, you know, just from a message point of view, it goes to further damage the credibility of, of, of Branham because so many of the things like this are so easy to disprove that you don't even have to do that much legwork these days. I mean, it, it's just, it, it is that easy. Um, so yeah, it, it, it boggles my mind that, that to this day, they're still trying to shoehorn this stuff back in 
and into the canon and keep it going. So another weird thing about this pyramid theology, when people were visiting the Great Pyramid of Giza and seeing the wonders of, <laughs> of this Great Pyramid, thinking that it was the only one in the world because... You know, a large part of the nation did not have the money nor means to travel and see the thousands of pyramids. Well, they noticed that the Great Pyramid of Giza has no capstone or pyramidion. And so <laughs> these American theologians came up with this weird notion that because it had no pyramidion, the, you know, the capstone, the point at the top, that the capstone was rejected and because the capstone was rejected, it is symbolically referring to Christ. It's a weird, weird theology, but that flowed all through the latter rain. And what's really weird about this is if you look at the other pyramids in Egypt, you could make the same argument because they also do not have the pyramidians. And if you go to the museums in Cairo, you can see some of these pyramidians. These things were, they were generally made of material that was very, very expensive. And so <laughs> there was a big goal to get this if you were a thief. You wanted to get and raid the pyramid. You also raided the capstones, right? But one of the other weird things about this, which it, you know, in levels of weird, like I said, this show is going to <laughs> new extremes. <laughs> Because of that theology that, A, the pyramid was a Bible, B, its capstone was rejected because the capstone was Jesus Christ. It's so weird, man. Yeah. Also because of this, that capstone had to go into a new dimension. And so you find this weird, I don't even how to know how to put this. It's like the X-Files mixed with, I don't know, Indiana Jones. It's, it's just such a weird thing because they'll take pyramidology and talk about different dimensions. And I, I could go down rabbit holes that you wouldn't believe talking about how the cult theology has separated into different dimensions in space and time that these things go to right and so this clip here um the, the minister is talking about the capstone and, and stuff like that and it goes further into how um the mythology grows and through the different things that branham said and how they're drawing the importance of the pyramid not having a capstone as they say and how that relates into the different uh, stories and mythologies of Branham in his later parts of his ministry and how that relates to the rapture and the people in the group's importance as far as their role in all of this. So yeah, let's take a look at this one and, uh, and dissect it a bit. When he flipped over the US dollar bill, he showed there was a pyramid there with the capstone on the top. He said these things have a uh, spiritual application to it because this is West Coast. In the East Coast, in, 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 the, in the East, they didn't cap off the, the, capstone, the, uh, the pyramid. But in the West Coast, here in America, the pyramid had a capstone. Which means in the East, when God came down for the first time in, um, in, uh, in, in Israel, in the time of Moses, he came down to talk to the people where they asked Moses, could we talk to that God? And God asked Moses to prepare the people and to come to the mountain. The mountain was the Mount Sinai, which means the mountain of the sun rising. 
And then here we are in the West Coast in America, in Arizona, to the Sunset Mountain. This is where the capstone has to come to cap off that pyramid. And this is the time we are living in. It gets so weird and wonky the, the more you start to to strip away the, the, the stuff that's said and actually map it out to stuff that we can actually see in the real world. It Yeah, it does. It gets so wonky and out there that uh, you're, you're surprised that you were even believed it in the first place. But, um, you know, one of the things that... Uh, you know, what, what they do here, you know, and like you said, talking about the capstone and making such a big importance about how the capstone isn't here and that, you know, that's the rejection of Christ. And, you know, and they even bring it forward into message canon and say that when Branham had his mystical experience with the cloud and how it came in the shape of a pyramid, or you've got the angels who come in the shape of a pyramid. And there's all these things that they, there's you, you find this scattered throughout message canon, how there's all these things that keep going back to pyramids because it's like, it's like the, the, the thread throughout the entire thing that sort of ties all these bits and pieces together. Because if it's a pyramid, it's supernatural and the angel is involved and all this sorts of thing. And, you know, and how like this minister is saying that the, 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 you know, Mount Sinai, which is the sun rising is, is the first you know, the sort of coming down. And then he's saying Sunset Mountain, which is this, this place that Branham supposedly had this experience with this cloud and how it's the, uh, it's the sunset. So you got the sun rising in the east, setting in the west. There's all these sorts of weird things. And that, that stuff will ring a lot of bells for message people, that sort of, that sort of talk. And it really, um, yeah. And, and it, it just, it gets so, they, they try so hard to shoehorn this stuff in that it, it, it creates, it really does create a theological mess in, in their churches. And, you know, you're just told, just believe it, just go with it yeah. and it'll all make sense in the end. Yeah. We're soon we're going to get into the, um, you know, into the cloud history and we're going to fully examine that. And I'll just give a little bit of preview here. So you've got this pyramid weirdness. It is by far the weirdest thing in message cult history. And it's all through the message. It's all through some of the different cultish religions that the message borrowed from or stole from, plagiarized from. And it is it is one of the weirdest things. But here is where it gets very strategic, James. William Branham introduced this weird cloud theology and he he is associating it to a pyramid um and again we're going to go through this in much much more detail in the future in this podcast but william branham claims that he had a vision of five angels and it had to be five because he spelled out g-r-a-c-e <laughs> five in the form of a pyramid and it said go out west and you're going to get a message from god or you know whatever is the weird thing that that made people contribute for his hunting trip out west <clears throat> so he goes out west and while he's there there was a um <laughs> a transsexual prostitute who was on death row for killing somebody during a three-day orgy and yes, I, I said that on a historical podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, his execution was scheduled for February 28th, 1963. 
William Branham was invited several days, like almost 30 days prior, to come save him on February 28, 1963. He does. He goes out there. He hooks up with John Osteen, Joe Osteen, Joel Osteen's father, and they petition to save this transgender person from the electric chair. He goes back, hunts, goes back to Jeffersonville, Indiana, and then he says that there were seven <laughs> angels, not five, <laughs> and they gave him the mystery of the seven seals of Revelation, and he starts going through them. While he's going through them, he pretends that he doesn't know anything about them until the morning before in the little room where an angel meets him and gives him the message for the seal for the day. And later, as he's going through this, somebody hands him a magazine of this weird cloud event, which, again, we're going to fully examine. And he looks at this and says, yes, I was standing right under this. The problem was that this was on February 20, February 28th, 1963, the same exact day of the execution. So he can't be in two places at once. And so these cult ministers have found a good way to confuse the heck out of the people <laughs> by saying that it's pyramids and it's UFOs and all of these weird things to distract you from the fact that he was not there on this date, right? And as you just mentioned, one of the weirdest ones, which is closely tied to this pyramid weirdness, is they claimed that he stepped into a new dimension, into another dimension, and he was there, yet he was not there all at the same time. And so, you know, I, <laughs> I just saw the movie The Flash, where he creates this weird space-time continuum disruption, and he creates another trail of space-time that there's different alternate endings. Well, that's what the message has done, man. These cult ministers, <laughs> they have figured out a way to create, the, to create the multiverse. And it doesn't matter if it's true or not. Well, let's go into this other dimension, and it is true in that dimension. Oh, yeah. And, and it depends on which sect that you're in and which story has been adopted, which version that, you know, and it's, it's the, the attempt to explain away all the things that don't make sense. Um, that, you know, yeah, you have all these varying things and you've got all these ministers that fight with each other and you got one minister that says, well, that man's just preaching psychology. He's not even preaching, you know, the message. And, you know, and so the, the, there's all this, this fighting and stuff over, over the, the, the true canon. Um, yeah. And, and when you get down to it, you've got like you said you got Branham first he says it's five and then he says it's seven but wait it's it's a guy that brings him a, a, a magazine it says hey this kind of looks like oh yeah that's what it is and if <laughs> if, the, if 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 he could truly discern and all this stuff he should be the one bringing the paper to the people and seeing like no this is exactly the thing or calling it out beforehand before it was ever in print it's 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 so ridiculous that and all the links that you got to stretch and to make these things fit um yeah it, it, it is it's so crazy and 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 it uh and and like you said like it it 
because of the ways that these things have been stretched, it does there, you create all these rabbit holes and it does, it get, does get hard to, to wrangle it all together because everyone's got a slightly different version that they believe another excuse they come up with, whether it was another dimension or whether it was physical or whether it was a dream or whether it was a prophecy or whether it was, you know, uh, maybe it was the man speaking in this instance, but later on God made it right by giving him the actual revelation. There's all these different versions and things that get said to try to make it all work out and the end but it it in the end it comes from these weird pyramid uh theology things that that Branham tried to create such a supernatural uh idea around what he was bringing and tried to make it sound so great and mystical that you know that you didn't question it because it is it's 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 the pyramid it's this and that and and really it's it's just it's it's baloney <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know Growing up in this as a child, and I, you know, I saw pictures in textbooks in school of the pyramid and all the hieroglyphs. I have had the opportunity to actually visit one of the largest Egyptian artifact museums in the United States when I was in California, and you see all these hieroglyphs, and you're you're looking at it. You know, from a person who doesn't understand the hieroglyphs, you're looking at it just kind of fascinated because, man, when I was a kid, I drew these stick figures, and that <laughs> looked much like this, right? And I got to see a, I don't think it was a real one, I think it was a replica of the Rosetta Stone, which helped us to understand the hieroglyphs, right? <clears throat> right. Well, growing up in a religion where I'm sitting as a child and I'm being told that <laughs> this is a quote which I'll play for you. God is from above. He's writing the zodiac in the sky. The zodiac starts with the virgin, the first coming of Christ. God is from above. He's writing the zodiac in the sky. Zodiac starts with the virgin, the first coming of Christ, ends up with Leo the Lion, the second coming. And he's writing his first Bible. There's three of them. One of them is written in the skies, one in the pyramids. One on this. Everything in God is in a trinity, like a man's in a trinity. This is the thing that was taught in these message cult churches. And then he goes into the pyramid and he says, and the second one was written, God wrote the Bible in the pyramid. Well, as a child, when you see these hieroglyphs, you're thinking, wow, that's, <laughs> are those hieroglyphs the Bible? <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, you, you think of these hieroglyphs as the Bible, and then once you realize what they're talking about isn't even that, they have these schematics. And I I seriously was given this as a paper, as a handout in one of the churches that I was in. They have these schematics of the void that's inside the pyramid. Remember, this was a tomb and they had to have an entrance once the pyramid was built to bring the body into the tomb. And the way it worked is you place the body, he was in the sarcophagus, and then you put all of his most treasured possessions inside the pyramid. And then because you did not want the tomb raiders to get in and steal all the king's, the pharaoh's gold, then they would push the stones over the door and you couldn't get to it. But there was still this void that existed, and that's how they got the body into the pyramid, right? So you find all these weird schematics of how the, the void, literally the thing that was 
simply made to carry the dead guy into the pyramid. Whenever they're saying that the Bible was written in the pyramid, they are literally talking about this void that was used as a means to carry a dead guy. <laughs> I know. It, it's it's so ridiculous. Uh, when, when you get all the facts together and you really start looking at this stuff and, and seeing how it's just, there's just no way that this stuff can, can line up or, or be anywhere close to accurate and how they're how it's being presented um yeah it it it, you just look at it and you're just like okay that's just that's just nonsense but you know like he's like when you look at you know egypt and stuff like and i I think i've said it earlier in in this episode i mean there are so many cool things to observe just the, the way that these people were living their lives and the things that they were building and you can look at it as as art and their temples and 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 their all the different things that they believed and how they carried themselves in their life and then to try to shoehorn for for these people to try to shoehorn the Bible on top of it and all these sorts of things and try to incorporate it into some new agey revelation, it robs the, the wonder and the awesomeness of what's actually going on in this culture. And it's so sad. And, and that's one of the, I think that's one of the reasons, honestly, why I've been so fascinated with it coming out of the message, because I do, I want to learn more about these things that I, I was told about, but I was told in a way that just doesn't reflect reality in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, and, and yeah, it, like I said, it's, it's sad because there, there are so many cool things out there to observe and Egypt is on my bucket list. That's one of the things I, I, I want to go and see this thing for real. You know, I want to stand in the shadow of the pyramid, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, it, it is, it, it, it's, it's so silly when when you look at it and 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 it is it's a shame in, in in a sense too because like i said there are so many cool things about egypt to observe and to see and to marvel at because even though we know a lot about how it was done to 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 stand and see some of these awesome structures it it is a marvel to behold you know because it's a great feat of engineering and prowess and and and, and humans working together to achieve something great and you know it's there's something to be said about that and it, it like i said it's a shame that it's been that in some of these groups it's been sort of used in a way that completely undermines the coolness of it and and to sort of sort of sort of borrow its its mystical nature and, and, and just in the sense of like it's awe-inspiring when you see it they're sort of trying to borrow that and inject it into their own message yeah for me it's this simple this is fascinating and if your fantasy world includes a world where this structure from the ancient Egyptians who worshiped the sun god Ra, who sacrificed their children to the deities. If your mythology is based on this and you want to have the opinion that it's based on this, well, tell the people, hey, I have this weird idea and this notion (laughs) that this (laughs) mythology, it's in no way, shape, or form even resembling Christianity, but I want you in your pews to sit and listen to me as I tell you that this weird thing (laughs) is going to tickle your itching ears. If you present it like that, you know, I'm okay with it, but that's not how they present it. They say that this is the new revelation of Jesus Christ, and they, <laughs> they're they tying the capstone to Jesus, man. It's that, that weird, right? <clears throat> and like you, I'm fascinated with ancient Egypt. I want to go sometime. I thoroughly enjoyed seeing Chichen Itza. It was 
quite honestly, quite honestly, it was one of the most fascinating things that I've ever seen in my life. And not just Chichen Itza, but we got to see the entire grounds. So we got to see not only where, you know, the pyramid is where they sacrificed people. I mean, it was multi-purpose, but the blood would also run down the steps after they chopped the heads off. And in Chichen Itza, there was this big arena where it was almost like basketball. They had these rings and these, I think they said it was like 60-pound balls that you tried to throw through these hoops, and the winner got to be sacrificed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to take one for the team sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so, so weird. And to think that, you know, that's that's on the other side of the globe. That's in Mexico. When well, Egypt, they had just as many weird, similar practices in different ways. And if anybody were to take the time to actually study ancient Egypt, ancient Egypt mythologies, practices, customs, and some guy who's standing behind a pulpit in the shape of a pyramid tells you that this thing where they're doing these sacrifices of humans, this was the Bible. <laughs> You're going to run screaming. Man. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like watching a movie where Satan is hiding in this church and, and he's trying to entice people. But again, it's, it's a religion for the itching ears. Hmm. There is a strategy behind this. If you are disenchanted with Christianity and you've been to a church and you've heard the gospel and you said, this is not for me, and you leave and you want something, but you realize that the gospel in its simplicity is not for you. You're, you don't care about the gospel. You want to go hear something else that tickles your itching ears. It's the perfect place. Hey, if you want to come hear about pyramids and hear that Jesus was the capstone of the pyramid and it was a Bible, and, you know, the people with itching ears go there. The problem is it is destroying lives. Hmm. And to, you know, to the Christians who are listening to the show, it is as though a demon has entered a church and is trying to rob people of their souls. That is, that's the Christian way to look at this. It's, you know, itching ears on the one hand, lose your soul on the other hand. That's how bad this is, James. And for me, you know, again, if you like the mythology, tell the people to go to Egypt and study the mythology. Don't tell them that it's Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where, at the end of the day, this stuff is completely irrelevant and not needed in the church. I mean, if your if your objective is to bring the gospel and and to and to build people up and to build healthy communities, then having a special revelation that Enoch built the pyramids does nothing for salvation, for grace, for anything. So. Why are, why is it even going on? And, and, and when you get down to it, the reason why it continues to perpetrate is that it's a special revelation. It makes people feel special. Like you said, it's the itching ears. It's the thing that elevates us above everything else because, you know, our prophet brought us these things. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, it does nothing to edify you as a, as a person in the pew looking to grow as a human being. And so it, these sorts of things for one, they're, they're flat out false (laughs) and there's problems (laughs) riddled all throughout this mythology and it should just be left on the cutting room floor and let's get back to the things that actually matter. Exactly. 
Well, James, again, we could <laughs> we could probably spend the next five hours going through all the rabbit holes with this one. But let's end it here. And um, if you have questions that you want addressed on the show, if you have heard a weird and unusual doctrine, I'm going to challenge you to try to find something that tops this. <laughs> <laughs> what, what can you find that's more strange than the capstone of the pyramid is Jesus Christ, right? Send us your questions. We'll answer it on the show. And um, if you've enjoyed our show and you want more information, you can check us out on the web. You can find us at william-branham.org. And for an overview of the historical research of William Branham and the healing revivals, read Preacher Behind the White Hoods, a critical examination of William Branham and his message, available on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. 